0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in our study together of the New Testament. We're uh, hard at work, 171 weeks. I think I looked at the notes uh, since we started on the New Testament. That's a long time. Lots of stuff happens in 171 weeks. And there were some weeks there where I had other people step in and stuff. So it's been, been a good, good long chunk. Um, we, uh, we're working through pretty much a chapter at a time um through the new testament we started with the gospels we did the book of acts Springing out of the book of acts because we talked about the missionary journeys of paul we started looking at paul's letters that he wrote back to the churches what he that he'd started where um we're, we're sort of taking them in the order that we believe he wrote them because it helps us to hold them in context this particular letter we're in now is to the romans uh the church in rome and um we, we don't believe paul actually started that church but he's looking forward to visiting them and uh He's writing to them um, probably because someone asked him to sort of um, move into situations there a little bit uh, as he was well known by this point in his ministry for um, being able to give wise counsel in and, and what the church was supposed to be doing. And uh, the church in Rome was uh, another interesting church. It was, a, it was comprised of a lot of different types of people there in Rome. And, um, and so because of their composition... Um, They had a lot of things they were having to work through together as a community uh, and uh, learning to accept one another in the process and in Romans 15 we're continuing on in that discussion that Paul started in Romans 14 last week um, about um, how to live within the believing community and what that looks like. And and, um, in in chapter 13, it talked about how we're to relate to the the secular community, the the governing authorities. Um, But now in 14 and most of 15, it's talking about how we're to live uh, in community and the importance of community. Remember I said last week that the reason it's so important is that it's within the context of community, of the church, that we actually can develop and grow and mature in our walk with uh, Christ. We really can't do it outside that context. Um, that's why I'm always um, encouraging people to, uh, um, you know, so, sometimes the we get we get sort of out of the habit, and there's seems like there's other ways that we might approach, you know, a community, you know, because and even the stuff we do, sending it out all over, uh, but it's not a substitute for getting together. Um, we need each other. We need to. You know, sometimes we sharpen each other, we encourage each other, um, and even when we we have conflicts, if we understand that we can trust in the Lord to work them out and don't get divided, we'll grow in the process. And this is all that uh, is so important in the context of um, community and what we need to be doing. And also, um, the, the other very important reason for working on these things is that it's in the context of community as the church, that we have a significant impact on the world. The world is looking at us and see how we're, how we're doing and what we're doing. And are we sincere? Are we hypocrites? Are we loving one another? Are, are we really something different? Or are we just a, a group of kind of bitter, judgmental people that hang out and pretend to be one thing and live something completely different? And that's really, you know, I've told you what we're dealing with. Uh, um, we live in a fascinating community here, our community within community, in that we live in a fairly small place, and um, that's a that's a very interesting dynamic, um, because uh, you really can't do much here and not have everybody know about it in this community, and that's good because if you're if you're if you're doing well, it's a it's a you know if you're trying, it's a good thing, and so um, um, we. We have the tremendous potential of being a positive influence to the world. And, and that's what we're attempting to do. So we can draw them to Christ. Um, you know, we have, we have that as our underlying mission. Our mission is one more. And we'll go to great lengths for the sake of that mission because we believe we're supposed to. And uh, so all the things that we try and do that have a, a sort of a commu- uh, an outreach a mindset are for that, can we, can we get one more to come and know Jesus? Can we get just one more? Let's just get one more. Let's do whatever we can. What are we going to do next to go for one more? That, that has to be our heart. What else can we do for one more? What, what, what can we do to try and bring in one more? So um, the ability then to work in the context of community is extremely important together and um, why we always need to be trying to develop and figure out how we can connect and the things that we can do. As we, t- we started to touch on last week, and Paul will dig into more this week, um, the, one of the problems that we end up having is that um, in the context of the church, um, individuals often have, di- you know, different ideas about different things. And that's okay. Um, uh, and I'm not talking about matters that are clearly defined as sin in Scripture. That's not what Paul's talking about. And um, we're talking about issues that seem wrong to some believers and right to others. And those are the things that tend to divide groups. And, and Paul is saying, look, what I want you to do is really trust in the Spirit of God to work in you, to love one another, to accept one another in these sort of um, non-scriptural, absolute scriptural issues. And let's, let's do it together. Let's work them through together. Let's let's listen to one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's grow on them together, instead of just going, "Well, you think about it differently than I do," and I've got to go. Um, uh, you know, on, on this stuff that's kind of different. We all have, um, you know, <laughs> we all have a lot of different things that we bring into the mix, and that's very healthy as long as we can all, you know, understand it's just part of the mix, and that no one has it all figured out. Nobody has it all figured out. Everybody here needs still growing and still learning and still in process, and so um, that's what Paul begins to talk about. And he gave us some great ideas about things we should do and shouldn't do uh, last week. And uh, in, in order to avoid, you know, uh, uh, to avoid breaking into those small subgroups, where cause what happens in a group is you tend to gravitate to people who think like you do, and then and then it becomes an us against them mentality in the context of a group. And then that, that's just gonna that's not gonna last long. That'll explode fairly quickly. So. Uh, we we want to avoid, wherever we can, uh, division and disunity by trusting in the Spirit of God to help us um, move into situations, even when the ultimate response is, we're going to have to shelve that one for now and continue to pray about it, but let's not let it divide us. Let's let's pop it up here, and uh, we'll get to it. God will, God will bring it around, and we'll deal with it at that point. So uh, in in chapter 15, Paul gives us some more advice for living in community. Let me read it to you. Romans 15 verses 1 through 33. I'll be reading out of the New International Version. You can read along in whatever translation you have or in the bulletins that we gave you or um, you can grab a Bible off the rows. Romans 15 verse 1 and following. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults, uh, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing hymns to your name. Again, it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. I have written you quite boldly on some points, as if to remind you of them again, because of the grace God gave me, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles with the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God, so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glorify in Christ Jesus in my service, pardon me, in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. By the power of signs and miracles, through the power of the Spirit. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Elycrium, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see and those who have not heard will understand. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. But now there is no more place for me to work in these regions and since I have been longing for many years to see you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to visit you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while." Now I, I am on my way to Jerusalem in serve to this. for Messenger pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them, for if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe the Jews to share with their material blessings. I will go to Spain and the way. I know that when come the full measure of the price, I urge by the bride, love of the Spirit, join me in my struggle by praying in God to for me. Pray I be rescued from the and that my service in Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints there. So that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and together with you be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. And blessed be the word of the Lord. All right. So lots of neat stuff in there um, in Romans 15. A lot of encouraging scriptures as Paul continues to deal with the idea of community and what he's up to and what he hopes to do. Um... I love his admonition in verses 4 and 5 of Romans. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. Um, One of the things that's so important is that an understanding of the word of God plays a huge role in our ability to live in community. Because the more that we know about how God has operated in the past, the more settled we are in, in what he's going to do in the present and in the future, which allows us then to be less self-focused and more other-centered focused. And so um, it's, it's so value, valuable to be diligently reading reading and studying the word of God. Uh, and so you, you know, you'll know, know I bring this up a lot, but I, I, I will continue to bring it up until I can't anymore. Uh, uh, how you doing with your Bible reading? Um, see, and again, we we have this issue in that there's so many other alternatives. There's so much stuff that comes at us, but but a daily reading of this book is one of the most important things you can do. Uh, it's in the top two or three e- easily. You know, with, along with prayer and just hanging out with God, is a is a structured reading. Of this book, and and um, if not structure isn't the right word, a routine. How's your routine? See, lots of stuff in life um, happens because we build a routine into our lives, and then when you do something, it's not routine, it it impacts you, and you go, "Oh, I'm missing that." That's what needs to happen with with Bible reading. It needs to become that place in your life that is an everyday sort of event that you take in and that if you don't get to it because sometimes things happen but you miss it you know what i mean you don't have to you don't get guilty or beat up or anything else you just miss the fact that you didn't get to take some time and read god's word because it's life changing it's it's alive and so it constantly impacts you it constantly impacts you i read the bible a lot i work with it all the time but I, I've, I've told you this too, and I mean this, I, I, you know, you think, well, of course you have to read it, you've got to preach and everything, I do, but I read it in my own time, on my own time, in my personal relationship with God, I, I did big chunks of Bible reading constantly for me, that sounds selfish, but not only for me, be, because of the way that it impacts me in life, and so I'm, I'm not telling you as a preacher, oh, you've got nothing but time to read, really, I don't, you should, I should get cameras to follow me around for a week, and... Uh, uh, we, yeah, but I don't, yeah, anyway. That would be creepy. Yeah. I knew that's what he was doing. It would be extremely boring. Um, but I digress. Listen, find something that, that resonates with you in your Bible reading. And um, I'm developing something. If, if everything goes well and it works out on Easter, I've got, a, I've got something I'm going to give everybody that I'm really working on to help you in this journey, sort of a, a phased-in process of developing a spiritual life um, that that kind of takes in everything that I've been working on for the last several years. So I'm working hard on that. But start somewhere in a in a normal reading routine that, that you can build on, and um, do it every day. Find there's there's Bible plans everywhere. Um, we have them on all of our websites, pretty much. You go to our website, it has a it has a plan on there somewhere, and, and we there 's several different plans on there and you know uh, four chapters of the Bible a day will get you through it in a year every once in a while you 've got to do a fifth one, but l- really it 's five or ten minutes of Bible reading if, if that doesn 't something you want to do, read the psalms um, there 's one hundred and fifty psalms, and you can read them every month very easily, five minutes a day, five, morning and night. I split them up that way. I have readings for the psalms on, on most of the websites um read a proverb the one that matches the day you know if if it's the it's the 6th today right so um read proverb 6 if tomorrow's the 7th read proverb 7 that will impact your life find something that you do every day and then build from there and don't again and here's the the thing that i think a lot of times we try and do is we go oh that makes sense and so then you know maybe maybe a few of you tomorrow go i really want to dig into this and you you hop into it and you read it for like 30 minutes And then you go like, that was a lot, and it doesn't happen again for six months. Um, Five minutes. Three, if you're not doing any, three minutes, two minutes. Read a paragraph. Read something. It will change your life. Pick it up. Find it. Um, You know, I have gotten so used to my iPad, I have everything on on my iPad. I have all sorts of stuff, and so I read read scripture here. Part of I do it because I, I get up, I'm a very early riser. And uh, without having to turn all the lights on in the house, I can grab my iPad and it's backlit and I read scripture. Otherwise, I got to fire lights up and, and uh, fire lights up. That sounded right. Yeah. Uh, I don't want So I, I read off my iPad. We have websites that we're always working on that are, you know, have plenty of stuff to read. But that's a simple question. No condemnation. No, no guilt. Not, no finger pointing. Self, you know, reflection. How you doing with your Bible reading? You should be doing it every day. A little bit, just a little. Change your life. Romans, uh, and verses 6 and 7. The church was such a, a mixed bag of people. Um, there, uh, as I said earlier, it consisted of Gentiles and Jews, slaves and free, rich and poor, strong and weak. And so they were struggling with accepting one another. And, and, and so Paul encourages them, and we need to be encouraged. We need to make a conscious effort to connect with people Um, that we don't usually connect with that we should be meeting new people all the time this is a great uh, dynamic here when you come and uh, because there's always new people around and people maybe that you haven't talked to and because of there's a multitude of services you you may never know who's where and when and I I love hearing things about people that that see somebody and say where do you go to church I go to the vineyard I go to the vineyard you know they're the the eight o'clock people and the eleven o'clock people and they've never seen each other before Uh, and you know they're the Saturday night but but when you can go out of your way to meet some people and talk to them and uh, and say hi to them Um, and and this way we're accepting one another is and and it gives God glory one of my uh, old favorite sayings, I like this. If people are not on your heart, they're on your nerves. So if someone's on your nerves, go get them on your heart. You've never had that happen. Uh, 22 through 28, Paul gives a quick discussion about his travel plans. Um, he wants to visit the church in Rome. He hasn't been able to get there because you know, the church in Rome is basically doing okay. And he didn't start it. And he's been spending his ministry going to places where the gospel hasn't been preached. So he's not building on anybody else's work. But now he says, I'm pretty much covered the area of the known world that I can. um, Except for Spain. I want to get to Spain because we haven't been out there. On my way to Spain, I want to come through Rome just to hang out with you guys. Just so we can encourage one another. And uh, he does eventually make it to Rome. But from Acts 28, remember, he ends there as a prisoner. Not the way he intended to go. And then... Church history uh, traditions let's call it tradition says that Paul eventually got released from that prison in Rome and did make it to Spain for a little while but we have nothing recorded about that so that's absolutely tradition it doesn't say anything about that journey in Acts um, just that by tradition Paul actually did get to spend some time in Spain preaching the gospel there but we don't know so you can take that for what it's worth that's a big I don't know but that was his hope and that's where he went and so we don't know. Verse 30 of Romans, very important verse, because Paul encourages us to pray. And he does it in, a, in an interesting way, just as he encourages us to read scripture. Because my other question would be, you know, how's your Bible time? How's your prayer time? Because you, you need to have that worked into your life too. Um, and um, we often just think of prayer as a time for comfort and reflection and making requests to God, which is part of it. But it's also um, a, a time to engage in and prepare for the spiritual battle that all of us are in. And Paul's saying, look, I need you guys to pray for me. This is tough out here. And there's a lot of stuff going on. I need to know that you're praying for me, that, uh, that, you know, you'll you'll just be with me in prayer. You can't be here. And so we need to use that uh, as a time to intercede for others. It's getting late. Um, So I would remind you, um, I was going to run through it, but time doesn't permit, uh, that the Lord's, the model of the Lord's Prayer that we've taught over and over and over again, you can find it on the scripture, uh, on the Bible, on the websites. Um... Matthew 6, 9 through 13 um, is a great model for prayer. It's not just words to be recited. It goes beyond that and it's a deeper thing and it, it reminds us of who God is um, and that we, you know, tell Him that we love Him, um, to that we want to do it His way, not ours, His will, not ours, trying to do the next right thing that He provides for us and we, we pop out our needs to Him and the needs of our, our families and friends, co-workers, you know, forgiveness, short accounts. And then uh, at the last part uh, about... Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Um, That is really an engagement, I think, of the spiritual battle that we're in. And I've, I've, you know, told you, pray on the armor of God and pray for all the saints. Um, From Ephesians 6, you know, 13 through 18. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the the, uh, day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all this take up the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and continually pray for the saints uh, and uh, always keep on praying for all the saints so the uh The idea in that is we get ready and then we take time to pray for people that are all all of the people that we know and even the people we don't know that are out doing the things of God which would be you know for all of you guys as you enter the mission field when you leave here so so um Paul is telling people look prayer is a part of prayer is a a battleground too we need to connect with him get on the armor remember that we're in a battle get us covered and then pray for the people around us so um that's a big question to, you know, have you prayed? If not, let's, let's again, I'm not looking for huge chunks. Let's start somewhere simple and build on it, but get into a routine of a, of a little scripture time, and a little prayer time, and then we'll build on it from there. And, and it'll help us to be the community that God's called us to so we can grow and be a witness to the world around us. We'll end there. If you're watching uh, by video, thank you so much. We're very glad you did. And uh, we know how valuable your time is. And so um, check us out. Come and visit. Go to the website. You can send us a prayer request. And um, we'll we'll see you next time uh, for sure.